Although it seemed as though Hashem wanted Avraham Avinu to sacrifice and slaughter his own son Yitzchak, we know that at the end of the day, that's not actually what happened, right? Avraham did not actually sacrifice and slaughter his son Yitzchak, or did he? Wait, did he? No, that's, that's not possible. Or is it? Let's find out as we enter another dimension, one not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Rash, and Sod, as we journey through a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to this week's edition of Parsha Pardes, or Parsha Paradise, here at the database of Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where we are looking this week at one of the most important and one of the most incredible and dare I say, one of the most incredibly important stories in the entire Torah, and that is the story of Akedas Yitzchak, which appears at the end of Parshas Vayera. And what we are going to be looking at is the question of what exactly happened that day. Was Yitzchak sacrificed? Was Yitzchak slaughtered? Did Yitzchak die that day? Now, from the way we were taught, it seems that the answer is obvious. But as we're going to see, there are many layers to the Torah, there are many layers to understanding, and using the methodology of Pardes, of Pshat, Remez, Josh, and Sod, the straight read, the textual hints, and the, the subtextual exegesis, as well as the secrets of Kabbalah, there are perhaps what we could think of as alternative readings, or perhaps simultaneously existing realities. And we will explain exactly what that means as we try to answer this question of what in fact happened. Was Yitzchak slaughtered or was he not? And we will do that as soon as we address and thank, acknowledge our sponsors. We have Liuli Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem ben Aryeh Leah Bas Avraham, Yudachizda Yakir Ben Rav Shlomo. Thank you for the sponsorship and their Neshama should have an Aliyah. Anyone else who wants to join our sponsor can just reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B E I S at gmail.com. If you enjoy the Shirim, if you enjoy what we do here. So it definitely helps um, on, on my end over here. Um, whatever you would like to give, just be in touch with me and we can discuss it. In the meantime, let's return to our question and our shear, which is sure to be an electrifying and climactic and exciting shear on a topic that you may have never even thought twice about, and for some reason you might still be stubborn and you might still not be convinced of another reading than what you were used to hearing from when you were younger. But is it possible? Is it possible that the way we've understood the story all these years, that there can possibly be another read? And what exactly happened to Yitzchak Avinu? Now, we know that Yitzchak Avinu does show up after the Akedah, at least at some point, right? So, of course, Yitzchak lived. But, then again, maybe he lived again. So, what does that mean? Well, let's take a look at the different model the different models, the different modes, the different angles of the prism of Paradise, and try to start answering our question. And we will begin with the Pashup shot. The Pashup shot of the story is 
Of course not. Of course Yitzchak was not sacrificed. Right? This, this approach seems to be taken up by Rashi, certainly the Bukhar Shor, and as we'll also mention the Ibn Ezra. Just a couple of places where it's clear from Rashi that Yitzchak was not slaughtered. Um, we have in his comments on Chaf Bey's base, 22.2, on the word of Halehu, bring him up as an Ola, says Rashi, Lomar Loshchatehu, quoting the Medrash. He did not say slaughter him, right? The Medrash Rabbah, 56.8, right? The Bracious Rabbah, that's Nun Vav Ches. He didn't say slaughter him. Hashem didn't want him to slaughter him. Just to bring him up. To bring him up to the mountain to make him an Ola. And once he brought him up, then he said, bring him down. Clearly, that was never the intention. And the Bukhar Shor says the same thing. And, um, and so we find, similarly, um, Rashi has another comment um, um, later where it's very clear that this is Rashi's understanding. And the Bukhar Shor as well. The Bukhar Shor um, um, quotes a similar concept. And... The Ibn Ezra goes as far as to say that anyone who tries to suggest that, in fact, Yitzchak was slaughtered, and why would you say such a thing? Well, the Pasuk says that Avraham returned from the Akedah, and Yitzchak is not mentioned. So the Ibn Ezra, said, uh, in his comments to Chaf Bey's Yod Test, the 22.19, Ibn Ezra says, of course Yitzchak was with Avraham. Yitzchak is included with Avraham. He's in Avraham's family after all. So Avraham took Yitzchak with him. And anyone who says that Avraham slaughtered him and left him there, and that's why Yitzchak didn't make it back, well, he's just going against the Pashup Shot. And in fact, that is what the Pashup Shot is. The Pashup Shot is that, of course, Yitzchak was not slaughtered. That's the, you read the story. The, he's told, um, Avram is told to stop. And, uh, and Avram, um, the Pusik says that Avram offers a ram instead. Right? So that, that's the Pusik shot reading. Then we get to the remez. And it's a pretty cool remez. This remez we find later in Sefer Vayikra. And we find that in Chavav Mem Dalid in 26, sorry, Chav Vav Mem Beis, 2642 in Vayikra, that's in Parshas Bichukosai, towards the end of the Tochacha. This remez is cited in both Rashi and the Balaturim. But the Pasuk says, V'zacharti esprisi Yaakov, V'yaf esprisi Yitzchak, V'yaf esprisi Avraham Eskar, V'ha'aretz Eskar. That at the end of everything, even though the curses will befall the Bnei Israel, Hashem is going to remember the covenant that he forged with, with, with Yaakov, that which he forged with Yitzchak, and he will also remember that which he forged with Avraham. Now, what the um, what, what the Medrash picks up on, um, the, the Medrash Sifra, which is quoted by both Rashi and the Balaturim, is that the Pasuk mentions the fact that we have the word Zechira, remembrance, written in correspondence to Yaakov and to Avraham. Yaakov, right? And at the end, um, but when it comes to Yitzchak, it just says, and my covenant with my, uh, my, my covenant with Yitzchak. So the question is, why do we find the word Zechira by just Yaakov and Avraham? We do not find the mention of Zechira by the bris with Yitzchak. And says, Rashi says the Balaturim, that 
Of course, we didn't need a reference of zechira, of remembering when it comes to the bris with Yitzchak, because says Hashem, the Ella Afarosh Yitzchak near Elafanai Tzavar Munach Al Mizbeach. Right on the Mizbeach, Hashem sees the ashes of Yitzchak before him all the time. The remez is suggestive of the fact that there are ashes of Yitzchak that Yitzchak might have been burnt. Now, of course, this might just be a remez, and the idea. Is, as we're going to see, which it will overlap with the drash that we'll get in a second, is that maybe Yitzchak is being viewed as though he had been slaughtered. But the point is that there is something that Hashem not merely needs to remember, like his bris with, Yitz, with Yaakov and with Avraham, but when it comes to Yitzchak, it's not, just, uh, it's not just a memory, but it's something that Hashem has in front of him, something that Hashem could look at. And in here we are referring to the ashes of Yitzchak, which Hashem looks at constantly as a schus for us. Moving over to the drash, let's see how that pans out. And again, we, we, if we don't need to necessarily perforce read this as a literalist way that there were actual ashes of Yitzchak. But let's see. Rashi in his comments to Chaf Bez Yod Gimel on the words Tachas Beno, that when Avram actually slaughtered the ram, he slaughtered it tachas beno. Tachas pashipshat in this context means instead of, in place of. And says Rashi, Right? Why do you need to say in place of his son? Well, obviously, if he's slaughtering the idol and he's not slaughtering Yitzchak, so if he was supposed to slaughter Yitzchak, or that's what he thought, now this is going to be in, in its place. The words tachas beno are extraneous, unless there's some drash that's supposed to be made. And that's where we get to the drash. Says Rashi, based on the Medrash, and uh, this is uh, Nun Vav Tes 56.9, why? On every avoda that he did with this ram, he would daven as follows. This should be as though I've done it to my son. As if my son had been slaughtered. As if his blood had been sprinkled. As though his skin have, um, would have been skinned off. As though he would have been um, offered like a katoris that he'd been burnt and, and that he turned to ash. It should be as though this all had happened to my son Yitzchak. And this, says the Medrash, is what it means, Tachas Beno. It's not just that this was the alternative to Yitzchak, but this was really in his, in his stead, it was in his place, because the ram is as though, like, like any carbon, it's like he's actually offering Yitzchak. But, but the point of the drash on the word Tachas Beno, it's, that, it's as if we are viewing it as if he had slaughtered Yitzchak. But of course he didn't actually, right? Pashup shot, he didn't do it. You have a remez to the ashes of Yitzchak, the theoretical ashes of Yitzchak, the conceptual ashes of Yitzchak. And we have this reading, as, it's as if, and that's exactly what Avram's tefillah might have been that day. But then we get to the sod. And the sod is that maybe what if, in some reality, Kipshuto, we can somehow read the words that, in fact, Avram actually slaughtered Yitzchak. There are several midrashim, several sources based in Kabbalah. I'll, I'll quote you some of them. The Yalkut Ruveni, the Rabbeinu Bachya, the Zohar, the Rivon Chizkuni, the Shachal Torah, the Kutim Amarim Shvile Pinchas, and the... And, um, and, 
Chiefly, I would say the Megala Amukos. Now, for many of these sources, I do not have the actual sources inside. What I was particularly, look, lo, particularly looking for, which I could not find inside, is the Megala Amukos, but I, have, I found several sources quoting the Megala Amukos. If anyone finds the Megala Amukos, please share that Megala Amukos with me. But um, I have a shear from Rabbi Gladstein, and I heard several other shearim that quote this Megala Amukos, and the idea is as follows. And it's simply that although we weren't taught it this way in school, and that is that, in fact, Avraham did slaughter his son Yitzchak. And there are several um, instances of evidence to suggest this, even within the, the, the reading. I don't know if I would call it the straight reading, but at least it could be read into the Pesukim that, in fact, Avraham had done so. One suggestion, contrary to the Ibn Ezra, is that, in fact, the Pasuk tells us when Avraham comes back, from Har Hamaria, from the Akedah, there is no mention of Yitzchak. Yitzchak does not come back with him. If you look at Chazal's counting of the years from when, from when Yitzchak, uh, from when Yitzchak's sons Yaakov and Esav grew up, the age that they were, the age that Avraham died, aged 175, they grew up at age 13. That's when Esav went off the derech. If you look at Chazal's count, when it comes to knowing the age that Yitzchak was born, sorry, that Yitzchak got married there are actually two years missing. And there are sources that say that there are two years missing because there were two years that Yitzchak actually spent in Gan Eden. There's a Chizkuni and there's a Riva that says that Yitzchak, um, there are two pshatim of where Yitzchak went after the Akedah. One pshat was that he disappeared to Shem Ve'ever where he was learning, but that does not account for the missing years in the, in the, in the count and when it comes to the age of Yitzchak at the time. But there is a shot that Yitzchak went to Gan Eden. What would he have been doing in Gan Eden? But the fact that Yitzchak might have been in Gan Eden, this supports the Maimar Chazal and Parshas told us that says that Yitzchak smelled the smell of Gan Eden when Yaakov walked into the room. How would Yitzchak have known how Gan Eden had smelled unless he had been there? Now, we also know that Yitzchak does not seem to be anywhere in par- the beginning of Parsha's Chayisar, the very next Parsha after the Akedah, we have no mention of Yitzchak being at the Levaya of Sarah Imenu, and there's no mention of Yitzchak until he comes back, um, until, until Eliezer comes back with his wife. And there are Midrashim that say that when, when Yitzchak returned, when he was Vayetzi Yitzchak Lesuach Basada, the Midrashim say that Yitzchak was coming back from Gan Eden. And and when the when the if you look really closely, the Pusik never actually says that Yitzchak was not slaughtered. It says that Avraham slaughtered the ram, Tachaspano, which can be read Kipshuto. When I say Kipshuto, I don't mean Pashapshat, but I mean Kipshuto like the Pashapshat of the general word of Tachas, which normally does not necessarily have to mean instead of, but it could mean underneath. That Avraham maybe perhaps slaughtered both Yitzchak and the ram. But the point is that he slaughtered both. And once again, the Chumash does not say that Avraham didn't. And when the Malach comes to tell Avraham not to do it, so the Yaakov Ruveni says that this was none other than the Satan trying to stop Avraham from doing it. And nonetheless, Avraham did it anyway. And there's Pirkei de Rebeliezer that says that, that um, when, uh, when Avraham brought the knife to Yitzchak's neck, that Yitzchak's neshama left him, his, his soul left him, and he died. And then Hashem um, um, revived him, and then they made the bracha, the, the bracha of Baruch Mechayi Mesim. 
But what would be the purpose of such a reading? It's crazy to believe. If, if uh, the Midrashim and the Megala Mukos and the Zohar were not saying this, I would have called it a fan theory. But the question is, what would be the, the, the use for such a reading? Why do we feel so motivated? I'll be soda, I'll be the panemius of the story to suggest that this is in fact what happens. And if it is what happens, right, so how, do you, how, how does that stem? how does that align with the Pasha in which it didn't happen? Sometimes you can look at the, the prism of Pardes and you can see how really all of them could work out together. And in the past we've done that. Here it seems to be one or the other. Either the Akedah happened or it didn't happen. Avraham slaughtered Yitzchak or he didn't slaughter Yitzchak. Which one was it? And it could be, this comes back to the idea that I referenced earlier of these simultaneously existing alternate realities that what we have in Pshat and Sod, right, just to use those two extremes. And that is that maybe if you were watching the story in real life, if you were there, you might not have seen the, the neshama going up to Shemaim. You might not have seen Avraham actually slice Yitzchak's neck and actually have done it. But the Chumash presents the story in just an ambiguous enough way so that you can have both readings. The reading where Avraham did not actually slaughter Yitzchak and maybe the possible reading, the deeper reading that in fact Avraham did slaughter Yitzchak. You have both realities because maybe Apipnemius, we're not just you know saying... It's, it's, it's as if that, Av- that Avraham did it. But the Chumash goes so far to suggest that, in fact, maybe Avraham did do it. Because, in fact, that's what Avraham had committed himself to doing. And in the world where we commit ourselves to things, it's not just that Hashem, oh, Hashem can give you the scars if you did it. But Hashem can mamish view it as though he had done it. And maybe in some reality, because Avram had committed so much energy to doing it, maybe you could say that Alpipanemius, he did do it. That if you watch the story in real time, you would not have seen a Yitzchak being slaughtered. But Alpipanemius, the neshama of the story is in fact that it had happened. So much so that we're going to read it that way, according to several approaches in these Midrashim and in these Kabbalistic sources. But this, this electrifying possibility that maybe, maybe Yitzchak was slaughtered that day. And maybe even if he wasn't, the Chumash wants to give enough room to see it that way. Because in Panemius, that's actually how Hashem is viewing it. That there are actual ashes of Yitzchak that exist somewhere. That maybe Yitzchak went to Gan Eden, and that Yitzchak came back to tell the tale. But the point is that whatever reading you're going to take, we can look at it as though Avram had gone all the way, because that's in fact how Hashem views it at the end of the day. And that takes us through an incredible uh, trip into Parsha Pardes. Thank you for joining us this week and have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos.